Hallelujah. Amen. So, hallelujah means uh, glory be to God. So, when we say God, glory be to God, we shall answer, Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, when I was coming, I was thinking if I'm going to preach uh, African way or American way. <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful to God to, for being here this uh, evening and want to say a special thank to uh, Pastor Fred. Like he said, I met him uh, 13 years ago, 2009. And back then, I could barely make one sentence in English, but I interpreted for him, and that was a blessing for me, because what he taught to pastors and church leaders stuck in my heart, and I never forgot him. We kept in touch and sent each other a few messages here and there, but then he came back last March, and he preached a seven-point sermon that was a blessing for the church he preached, he preached at. So I'm going to beat him and preach 14-point sermon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So when uh, we came, my family and I, like he said, we are blessed and privileged to lead the ministry there in Niger. We, I can say Niger and Niger. So when I say Niger or Niger, I'm talking about the same country. And I'm here this uh, evening with my lovely wife. Uh, she's the most beautiful wife in the world. Ashley and our two-year, two-and-a-half-year-old son, uh, Noah. And I'm also accompanied by one really special person. He's my brother. Because when I came to the States, his father adopted me. <laughs> So, and I worked for him here in the States for almost four years. He is here this evening, uh, Josh Harper. And I'm really privileged to share the Word of God with you guys this evening, and let's pray. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness. You have been faithful to us, and you will always be faithful. And we pray that your Word be preached this evening, and everything that will come from me, be nullified and let your word and your spirit speaks and your name be glorified at the end in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So when uh, Fred told me that I will be preaching in his church, I've been praying and started preparing this wonderful sermon about the power of the presence of the Lord. But then the Lord said, no, I have another word for you to talk about. And he said he has worked with City Life Church for many years, and you guys have done some wonderful and great things. But the Lord says that he is preparing you for greater things. Hallelujah. So we will read uh, in Genesis Chapter 37, but before I read the scripture, I would like to start with the story of this uh, boy. There was this boy when he was seven years old, had so many dreams. And this boy will be telling uh, his mom 
hey mom, when I will grow up, I will be an international businessman, and I will build a big house for you, I will buy cars for you, you will have drivers who will be driving you all around, and I will be flying in many countries, and more often this young boy will be telling his mom this dream or these dreams that he had. And one morning, this young boy was eating breakfast to go to school. He was in second grade, and his father came out of the house and said, I'm going on a trip for three days. And his father left and never come back. So he didn't let go his dreams. He continued talking to his mom while he was growing. And at a certain point, he wasn't able to continue going to school. He was in seventh grade when his mom couldn't afford to send him back to school. And then he was like, where are all my dreams? Am I going to be an international businessman? Will I even be able to fly once in my life? So let's read Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 to 8. I'm reading from New King James Version. Genesis 37. Sorry, I was in Exodus. And it is about Joseph. We'll read verse 5 to 8. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed run, run over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Amen? So here is a young man, 17 years old, who had dreams, and he told his dream to his father and his brothers, and that didn't sound good for them. So the first point we are going to see is the purpose. In life, there is a purpose for everybody, and God's general purpose is that every person get to the knowledge of the truth. That is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, and the Bible says that God's desire is that all men, not some of the men, not some of the people on the, in the world, but every single person in this world get to know about the truth. And Jesus said to his disciples, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the truth is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when we read John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, we will see that nothing else is the truth but Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that that truth, that word became flesh and lived in the world 
so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Amen? So that is the general purpose of God for the mankind. But then, once you become a child of God, God has a specific purpose for your life. So many people are still praying to find the, his God or their God-given purpose, but I want to make sure that you pray and find what is God's purpose for your life. Because there is one. It may be a dream you are having. It may be a talent you have that you are using to bless people, but then didn't realize that that is your God-given purpose yet. But when you pray, God will reveal that to you, and you will get to know God's given purpose for your life. For Joseph, he had this dream that he is going to reign over his brothers. And for that young man, he had a dream that he's going to be an international businessman. So God has a purpose for your life. If you know that, glory be to God. Are you using it for his glory or for your own glory? So once you discover your dreams or the purpose God has for your life, and then you start sharing that with people, there may be some oppositions. Just like Joseph, he faced hatred from his brothers. Look at him. He's young. He's almost the youngest. And why is he thinking that he's going to be our, our master? He's going to be the head of all of us. That is ridiculous. So they started hating him for his dreams. And then, besides that they have been hating him, what happened? They even tried to eliminate him. Once his father sent him to his brothers and they saw him coming, oh, look at him. There he is in Genesis the chapter 37, verse 19 to 20. Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Sometimes you start sharing your dreams and your visions to friends. They will start hating you. And some of your friends will even try to eliminate you. And this happened to me a year ago. Someone I considered a friend who was working with me, and he was incompetent. And my boss asked me if I could change his path or even fire him. I said, no, I will help him. And I started helping this guy to be more efficient in his work. And what happened? He started even sending defamations on my behalf, first to my boss, things that I even never dreamed of. And then he started even trying to destroy my, my, my family because I tried to help him. And I thought he was a friend. Sometimes you will be sharing your visions with friends. Hey, you know, I had this vision. We can accomplish this. We can do this. And people will start thinking of you like, what does he think he is? 
He thinks that he is the one who knows everything here. He thinks he is the most smartest person among us. And then they will start hating you. When you talk to them, they'll be like, oh yeah, it's a good vision. When you turn around, they will start gossiping. But Joseph, his brothers showed him that they really hated him because of his dreams. And then they tried to kill him. But I want you to know, to know this. The dream the Lord has put in your heart, if that comes from the Lord, and if you are faithful to God, nothing will prevent that to happen. Even the devil is small to allow your dreams to not come true. If that comes from the Lord. And the Lord said that he knows the plans he has for our lives. And those are plans for us to be happy, to, be, to prosper, not to harm us. So when the plans of the Lord are in your life, nothing could prevent that to happen. The only person who will prevent the plans of the Lord to happen in your life, do you know who that person is? Is you. As long as you are with the Lord and stay faithful to the Lord, his plans will come to pass in your life. You know, sometimes we give so much credit to the devil, but he is powerless. Do you know that the devil is powerless? What does the Bible say about him? He, he is not a lion. What is he? He is like a lion. He roars like a lion. But he doesn't have a power of the lion. There is only one lion that is mentioned in the Bible. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that is Jesus Christ. So the devil tried to scare you. He acts as if he is a lion, but he is not. So he is small in front of you. He can't prevent the plans of the Lord to happen in your life. And then they tried to kill Joseph, but they didn't kill him. They were like, oh, we can make some money out, out of him, so let's sell him. So you may be going through stuff, and you may think that the Lord has abandoned you, but he hasn't. You may, try, you may think even that you are going to lose your life, but he hasn't said his last word yet. So, like I said, no one can prevent the purpose or the plans of the Lord to come to pass in your life. Not even the devil. And then, he was sold and taken to Egypt. And when he went there, God was still with him. God's presence and his faithfulness will never depart from you. And he even said it in Joshua chapter 1 verse Five, no one will stand before you as long as you are alive. And he said, I will never forsake you nor abandon you. We say sometimes, oh God, why do you abandon me? Why am I in this situation? Are you even with me? He is always with you. If there is a word more than always, I would have used it. He will never let you 
for even one second. But sometimes you'll have to go through the desert, the wilderness. You may think that he is not there with you, but he is with you. And what he is doing is that he is preparing you for a higher purpose. He is preparing you for a greater purpose. Hallelujah. This young man who had this dream and was telling his mom about his dreams, like I said, he didn't go past seventh grade. And he started learning a job, a trade. He learned to become a welder. And talking about a welder, not here in the States, in Niger, it's like, okay, you will be there. You go to work in the morning and come back home dirty. And he thought that's it. Nothing is showing at, at the horizon. For him, his dreams were gone, finished, nothing. And he went through some hardships. Sometimes it was even difficult for him to eat a meal a day. But the good news is that that young man met the Lord when he was 15 years old. He gave his life to Christ and he became a new creature. Hallelujah. But then, work-wise, education-wise, nothing has changed. So, he thought that his dreams were gone. And here is Joseph in the house of Potiphar. I will say the chief of the army of Egypt. And because of God's presence and faithfulness was with him, what happened? They put him as the chief of the whole uh, workers in the house. And don't forget, because of the anointing of the Lord upon your life, because of the Spirit of God in your life, the enemy will never leave you alone. He will not. And do you know why? Because since God promised in the Garden of Eden that the offspring of the woman will crush his head, he is looking for who is that offspring. He tried, it was Abel. He killed Abel. Moses, he killed. Like, whoever was chosen to do something, he will try to destroy. He thought it was Joseph. So when he is killed, he will not crush my head. So today... That promise was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. But still, God is using his children to crush the head of the enemy because we are, we are destroying his kingdom. We are taking people out of his kingdom for the kingdom of God. So when you are on that duty, he will never leave you alone. And I usually tell people, when you are in your Christian life, and you never meet the devil, that means you are working with him. And then when you are working with him, then you are not a Christian. Is that clear? I know my English is not, uh, but I hope you are understanding me. For example, you are a child of God, you are a born-again Christian, and you are working towards the kingdom of God. 
if you don't meet the devil on your way, if you are not persecuted, if you are not suffering, sharing the sufferings of Christ, then you are not working against him. You are working with him. But if you are working with Jesus Christ, then you will meet him on your way. So because of what he, God has called us to do, he will always be after us. Then, because of that, the enemy raised Potiphar's wife to destroy Joseph. Joseph didn't have the Bible like we do today. But he kept what his father told him. An unseen God called our forefather Abraham and said, I will bless you. So, at the time of Joseph, there was even no the laws. So he didn't know anything about like all the laws we can read in uh, Leviticus and all that. He, doesn't, he didn't know anything about that. But the only thing he knew is that he has to be faithful to that unseen God. Imagine, back then, he was there in Egypt. They had a lot of divinities. They have a God for everything. There is the God sun, there is the God for fertility, there is a God for rain, everything, and they are idols. But then, all he knew is that unseen God. But he could probably feel that like you feel it today. So he decided to not sin against that God. He probably was like, no matter what will happen, I will be faithful to that God. He may probably be, if it wasn't about that God, my brother would have killed me now. So he told Potiphar's wife, no. They gave me a right on everything in this house but you. He had probably to run away naked. Bible says that she tore his clothes. So he probably ran out naked. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I want to be faithful to God. Because of the purpose God has for our lives, we have. It is our duty, our responsibility. It's an obligation for us to be faithful to God. Then he was put into prison. Can you imagine someone who is going to reign, who is going to be a leader, put in prison? Probably Joseph himself was like, where are those dreams that I was having? You may be wondering, why am I going through all this hardship? Why is everything breaking up around me? All that is happening because God is preparing you. You need to be prepared. One day a young man came to me. He said, I have this project that I want to realize. If only I can have two million CFA, that is like $4,000, I will start this project. I looked at him. I asked him, what is the most valuable amount you ever had in your hand? Have you ever had like $1,000 in your hand? He said, no. Why is God going to give you $4,000 if you never hold like $1,000? Yeah. 
you will not use it for any good. So for you to be where the Lord wants you to be, He has to prepare you. You have to go through His training. And that training, believe me, it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. No. And because of the faithfulness of God upon Joseph, even in the prison, what happened? He was made the head of the prisoners. And we can read that in Genesis 39, 21 to 23. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Tell the one beside you, favor. Tell him, favor. The Lord will give you favor in the sight of all the people you will meet. Because his spirit is upon you. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Can you imagine that? He's not even an Egyptian. A foreigner, a slave, who, according to them, misbehaved and be put in prison. They will falsely accuse you because of what the Lord wants to do in your life. They will. But what will be your response? You know, Joseph is one of my favorite people in the Bible. I've never read somewhere they said Joseph complained about something. I don't know. Pastor Fred, have you read somewhere in the Bible that Joseph complained? He could have been like, why am I here? My own brothers, they want to kill me. I will show them who I am. Why am I suffering? He never complained. And then he was appointed as the head of all the prisoners. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Because, listen to this, because the Lord was with him. The Lord is with you. He is one man of God said that, do you know why when Christians want to pray, they bow down their heads? He said, it's because the Lord is there in our hearts, so we look at him when we are talking to him. That's what the Bible says. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord dwells in us. So why will you think that that Spirit will leave you for one second? We are carrying his presence with us. Everywhere we go. And I said this in the church, and after I left, a friend invited me to preach, and I preached, and after I left, an elder of the church went to see the pastor and said, this young man you brought to us, he was blaspheming the name of God. Do you know what I said? I said, if there is no one in this temple, God has no reason to be here. Because we bring his presence with us in the temple. This is just wall. We are the one who are carrying his presence. So he lives in us. That's why he said when where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. Because he lives in us, he dwells in us. 
So the elder was like, why did he say that God is not in our church, in our temple? Because it is just a wall. Hallelujah. And Paul said that in uh, Acts, he said that in Athens, I think, that God doesn't dwell in a house that is built with the hands, like human hands. He dwells in us. Amen. So the Lord was with Joseph. That's why wherever he went, he was put as a head. And the Bible says, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Hallelujah. God is preparing you for a higher purpose. Pastor Fred was talking about this. Maybe the Lord has pre- have been preparing you to go on a mission trip, but you may not realize it. But once you hit your feet in Niger, you realize that the Lord wants you to be there. So the hardship you are going through, the troubles you are facing, is God preparing you for a higher purpose. For example, my wife, her first ever mission trip, 16 years old, first time flying, first time out of the country, first time leaving her family, her parents. He went to Honduras, and what happened? They were robbed and shot at. And she said she will never go on a mission trip again. And where is she today? On the mission field. The Lord is using circumstances to prepare you for where he wants you to be. That young man I was talking to you about, he went from ashes to glory. Hallelujah. And when the Lord started using him, a a person without any college degree, college degree is even too much. He never completed middle school or high school. And today, the Lord is using him as an international businessman. Not like business making like billions of dollars, but he is in the Lord's business. And that young man is me. I'm here preaching in English, but I never learned English in any school. That is the gift of God. One time I sat and started thinking, God, will I be serving you today if I went to school? I probably will not, because I will be running after things that has nothing to do with God. Will Joseph be ruling over his brothers if he stayed in Canaan with his father? No. So God took Joseph from the prison. That is the fulfillment. He took him from prison to be the second commander-in-chief in the whole Egypt. That's how God prepare you. At the moment you think that you are nothing, that you are going to be nothing, but you still trust God, that's where he is going to change your story. He is going to change your story. Like I said, I'm in, a biz- in business with the Lord. I'm not traveling and negotiating contracts, 
But here I am today, inviting you to come to Niger. That is a contract. Will you sign that contract with the Lord? Hallelujah. The Lord is faithful. What is that dream that you were having or you are having? What is this thing that is in your heart? This feeling that you are feeling, I have to do something for God. I want to fulfill something. There are some of you guys here. God is preparing you to become a highly positioned in politics in this country. Not for your own glory, but to move the kingdom of God forward. That's one thing I'm trying to teach young people in Niger. Because for a long time, they have thought that politics is not for Christians. I said, but why should we just sit and cross our arms and the ungodly people will write laws that we have to abide by? God wants you there. God wants godly politicians. God wants you to be that powerful, rich businessman that will pour your money into his work. God is preparing you for a higher purpose. What have you been doing? Or what are you thinking and praying or believing that you can do for God? Pray about it. Seek his face. And if that is from him, he will highly position you for his glory. Not for your own glory. Because he doesn't share his glory with a man. No. The very time you start boasting about who you are or what you have made, that very time, his spirit may leave you. Because he is doing it for his glory. It's for your good, but for his glory. Hallelujah. Everything works for the good of those who love God. He will do it for your good. So that the glory will be his. When they see you and they come to you, oh, how, how have you make, made this? The Lord did it. It's not you. If it is not the Lord, I can't be here today preaching in English. My French will even not be correct. But the Lord is so faithful. He's so powerful. And the things he's taking you through is for you to give glory to his name, to make his name glorious, to allow his name to be glorified. We, as, a, as children of God, we should have a magnetic life. We, we may not even have to go to people. People have to come to us because the Spirit of the Lord will draw them to us. But for that to happen, we have to be with the Lord. When Joseph was in the presence of Pharaoh and he interpreted his dreams, he gave Pharaoh an advice, but they couldn't find anyone. What did Pharaoh say? 
can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? What spirit is in you? The Spirit of God. And when you enter somewhere, you enter that place with the presence of the Lord. When they will look around and try to find someone who can do what you can do, they shouldn't find anyone else but you. Because the Spirit of God is in you. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. They should look for you because of what the Lord has prepared you to do. God wants you to be impactful. God wants City Life Church to impact the nation of Niger. Not only the nation of Niger, but this whole world. Because he called us to be his witness until the end of the earth. So consider whatever you are going through today as God preparing you for his higher purpose, what he has been calling you for. He is going to place you at a place that no one can touch you or harm you. But never forget, wherever you will be, you will be there for his glory. Not to look down on people, not to go and revenge of those who have mistreated you. Like Joseph, he had the whole right to put his brothers in prison. And when his brother even started wondering, what, what is going to happen to us? He will probably kill us. He said, no, you haven't sent me here. No, you didn't. But the Lord sent me ahead of you so that my family will be saved from famine. So wherever the Lord is taking you, he is taking you there for a reason. And that reason should be fulfilled. Because his spirit is in you and will always be in you. And never forget, there is no one on earth without a purpose, especially when you are a child of God. There is something for you to do. There is a purpose on your life. What is that purpose? Find it and live it out. Live it out. And that purpose fulfillment will start by the change of our mentality. There are some Christians who are so, they so belittle themselves. Oh, I'm just an ordinary Christian. I'm just be con I will just be content of coming to church and wor worshiping God. God needs you. He needs you. And there is these four men that really challenge me in the Bible. 
Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke. The Bible says that when they went to, I think it's Beria, they said, oh, those people, those men who are turning the world upside down are in this city. Is your presence in your neighborhood known as a child of God? Or are you just like everybody else? And I will finish with this testimony of this guy who went on a mission. He is a Christian, an international uh, worker. He was sent to a mission in northern Africa where uh, those uh, Arab big countries. And when he went there, he was in Libya, and it was a time that Christians were so persecuted in that country. So he went there as an international worker, and he worked there for 18 months and came back home. He came to his home church. So while he was there, his church was praying for him. God protect him. God protect him. So he came, and he wanted to, say, to give a testimony, like thank God for being in Libya and coming back, he said, I'm so grateful to God. I went there and I was there while they were persecuting the Christians. They were killing people. They were beating people. But I thank God. I stayed there for 18 months and came back. They didn't even know that I was a Christian. Is that the life you want to live? Underground Christian? If the apostles lived that life, we wouldn't be here today. We have to make it known that we represent the Most High God. In the midst of injustice, we should show the justice of God, the righteousness of God. In the midst of sin, we should, see, we should show the holiness of God. We are supposed to be different. That's the only way we can fulfill the purpose of which God has called us. I will ask you please to be on your feet and start thanking the Lord for saving you first because that is his general purpose. All man should know the truth. And thank God you know that truth. And that truth has set you free. Just worship him for saving you. And the homework I will give you is that if you don't know the purpose for which God has called you, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be uh, on the band singing. You don't have to be doing any specific work, religious work that people will be seeing, but you can live out your God-given purpose. If you don't know that, when you go home, start asking God, God, what is your purpose for my life? And Miles Monroe said, the biggest tragedy in life is not death, but is living without a purpose. Do you want to live without a purpose? No. Lord, we thank you and give you all the glory for your faithfulness in our lives. You indeed saved us for a higher purpose, and everything we are going through is to prepare us for that higher purpose. And I pray right now that you reveal yourself to someone. I pray that you speak to someone's heart right now. That your Holy Spirit moved in someone's heart right now. So that, Lord, we may live out our God-given purpose. So that we 
will impact this world that is destroyed by all kind of evil. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in us and may your Holy Spirit empower us to do what you have called us to do. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.